timer. There we go. Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you not quite live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and the Cathet region, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Joining me as usual is astrologer Jill Kirby from Victoria. Hello! Yay! Hello. And on episode 170, I know, uh, we are continuing, this will be part two of choosing the best case scenario for activities in the future uh, based on some ancient timing techniques that I am sort of looking at. Last week, we talked about um, a fellow who has been able to hit the mark, obviously, don't think he has an astrologer, but um, fate would have it that um, some of his biggest moves happened with one of his happiest planets. So ergo, the theory is <laughs> that if you can find your happy planet and your nemesis or your Achilles heel um, and see when they're going to be most activated, uh, one can pick some of those times to make significant moves in. Um, and in particular, I'm trying this out first with just career stuff. I'm not as familiar with how you might apply this to the other real big timing question that people have, and that is when are they gonna have children? I'm, not a, I'm not a fertility expert by any stretch. There are astrologers out there though, who, right. you know, like they really focus on that. Um, or the other question, when am I going to meet the one? Yes. Well, that one we may tackle. That one we actually may tackle. Um, but for now, we're going to just stick with, and at least this next, this episode, we're going to look at the chart of a Gen Zer um, who actually um, gave us a bit of a talk here a couple of episodes ago. And um yeah so she's got this whole life ahead of her because she's only in her 20s early 20s at that and so i thought hmm, that would be a good example to just do a little test case so that is what i'm going to do <clears throat> and we have i've created some graphics yay team she says of herself okay and i am going to share oh, not that one this is a really good article for people who happen to see this. If um, I highly recommend it. It's, um, I believe it's the blog from Mountain Astrologer, Saturn in Pisces, Return of Frankenstein. Just an absolute excellent article. Okay, so what we do um, to begin is we have to decide who's happy and who's not happy. And this is this little graphic here, which you know you're quite welcome to take a screenshot and download it. Um, <clears throat> kind of gives you the first up piece, which is: Are you looking at a night chart? Are you looking at a day chart? Who's on what team? Um, and where Mercury kind of fits, because um, he kind of falls in the middle. And I have a quote from Paulus, I believe. Yes. Okay, so quote from Paulus. This is a guy from, you know, a long time ago, like way back then. 
way long time ago. Um, since the whole is administered by the sun and the moon and none of the things that exist in the cosmos come into being apart from the rulership of the stars, it is necessary to explain the solar and lunar sect, what each has been allotted and how everything comes together through these. The sun was allotted the day and the morning rising and the masculine zodiacal signs. It has spear bearing guards, the star of Saturn and the star of Jupiter. The moon was allotted the night and evening rising, the feminine zodiacal signs. It has its spear bearing guards, the stars of Mars and the star of Venus. The star of Mercury is regarded as common in nature. When rising in the morning, it wants to be on the sun team. It rejoices there, but rejoices with the moon when it is an evening rising star. So, I mean, literally, this is kind of where you start. Um, and again, you know, you guys are welcome to download this. And so let me bring up, and I'm not going to try to just switch because that would probably not work. Let me just bring up the chart that we are considering today. Um, so this is a, oh, it brought up both. Okay, well, that's all right. So can you see a chart? I'm hoping. Yes. Oh, good. Can I make it bigger? Probably not. Darn. Oh, well. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to use her initials, MM. And so here we have uh, the moon is above the horizon. The sun is below the horizon. So our first line of, you know, checking out who's going to be happy and who's not is we know we're looking at a night sec chart. And, um, and so the benefic of the sect in favor will be Venus. The malefic that should be reasonably easy to handle will be Mars. Um, and uh, on the day side, because the sun is below the horizon, okay, you get Jupiter who is still a benefic, but not as strong as Venus. We have Saturn, which is definitely going to be the Achilles heel. Um, unless it's got a lot of support. Um, and so it's in cancer. And yeah, and it's fallen. It's <clears throat> Saturn in cancer. I mean, it can work there, but it could be so limiting because of its desire to protect mm -hmm. in that position. You know, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk a bit about that. Security, safety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So our first walk down the road then is we know we're looking at uh, a night chart um, and night sect. So planets will get bonus points if they're part of that team. Um, but now we'll go through. And so I'm going to try to follow the same um, scenario that I did before. And darn, I wish I could. Maybe if I move this, will this get bigger? Yes, there we go. That's better. Okay, so we're going to start with dignity to begin with. And, you know, some programs I use solar fire, this does give you a table of dignities, gives you aspects, all sorts of stuff. Um, and so the first thing we look at is basic dignity. So if you're on the night team, you're going to want to be in feminine signs. 
um, and uh, you're going to want to be above the horizon. Well, darn, darn, darn. <laughs> we have the moon is in Sag, um, which is, um, I mean, obviously the moon can function in a fire sign, um, but it's not going to no, bring out. Yeah, but it's not going to bring out the really gushy, motherly, um, touchy feely. No, you know, so, you know, the night sect is sort of like, all right, I'm the night sect, but okay, I'm not going to be typical. Then we look at its teammates and they are actually in a, a hemisphere that um, is Okay, so when you come to sect and the sun is below the horizon, this becomes almost literal in the sense that, uh, and let me just draw a line across here. This does represent, no, where am I going? Okay. You're going through Gemini. Yes, I'm going to Gemini. Let me just erase that and start again. Okay, oh yeah, here we go. This is the middle of Gemini. Yeah. So this is literally the horizon. And so <clears throat> these two planets, Venus and um, uh, Mars. Yeah, Venus and Mars, they should be above the horizon to really benefit this moon, to be on the right side of the team. But no, they're, you know, on the other side of the world, they're up, it's daylight. So they're in the wrong sector. And unfortunately, it's the same with the sun's sect team. They're up here at night, not down here with the sun. And so right from the get-go, this chart, you know, um, has some challenges to it in terms of bringing forth its um, promise in a straightforward manner. Okay, so we, does it help that Venus is in her exaltation? And oh Mars yeah, no, that's yeah, that is going to help totally. But the your first goal is to go. Well, it would have been better, but yeah. So uh, yeah, so uh, one mark against darn. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so and I do have. I'm just curious. Maybe this will let me just go straight to. So did it change? Nope. Nope. Okay. So that didn't work. All right. Okay. So I will stop the share because it screwed up on mine. <laughs> and I'll bring the chart back up again. There we go. Ah, the Varigies. Of, oh, no. I have to hit share. I can't just bring it up. Duh. Technology. I know. I know. There we go. Okay. So the next piece we go to is basic dignity. And um, and so we look to see, is anybody in their home turf? And sure enough, they are. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an exalted Venus. Okay, so she is <clears throat> the benefic that is of the sect in favor. And so on some level, just with basic dignity, it doesn't get any better than this. Okay, mm -hmm. so, you know, already the, the, you know, the arrow of what years should we pick? What solar returns should we pick? have this huge arrow pointing at Venus and we'll see just how much she helps or hinders everybody else. Um, the other teammate is Mars and he too is in his uh -huh. own home turf. And he, even though, you know, in theory, night sect planets should be in feminine signs, 
the fact that the moon is in a fire sign and the fact that it actually by whole sign does aspect the moon, you know, it's a nice trine that, you know, this is looking pretty good. Uh Okay, so then we look at the other folks. Um, So the sun would have preferred to be in either an air or a fire sign, but it's, you know, it's in a night chart. So maybe the fact that it's in Capricorn is a good thing. Uh, The moon is in his detriment or fall, um, depending on which word you are. In Cancer. Yeah, did I say Saturn? What did I say? Moon. Oh, see, yeah, the moon is, yes, thank you. Thank the moon you. would be happy in cancer, but it's yes. not the moon. <laughs> not the moon, it's Saturn. And, um, you know, and it is retrograde, right? And so although looking at that particular part of it is not quite in order, but so, you know, Saturn, who is already, we know the Achilles heel, um, is not in a good sign. And so we know that we've definitely got a problem with Saturn. We -hmm. look at the lesser benefic, um, Jupiter, and um, we see again, he too is in his fall. Um, Mm -hmm. He would have much preferred to have been in Pisces or in Sag. And he would have preferred, although he can do feminine signs because obviously he rules Pisces. So retrograde as well. so, you know, not a lot of help, not a lot of help. Okay. So the next thing that we look at is whose team is Mercury on? Because <clears throat> Mercury is considered common and his sect is determined um, and his first line of dignity is determined by, is he a morning star or is he an evening star? And it turns out he is a morning star. So he is with the sun on that team. He is not on the night sect team. So in some ways, um, that sun's position, having the night chart planets with it, it kind of, and I don't know if anybody else in the Hellenistic world would make this comment, but I'm beginning to think that, um, you know, those two are actually going to help that sun. And the reason why I'm going to say that is partly in deference to whose chart this is, because the sun and that Mercury are in her second house of income. So I'm going to vote (laughs) that that's actually not such a bad place um, with Mercury being with his teammate in um, a morning uh, star phase. What about the fact that the ruler of that sign squares the midheaven? <laughs> um, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Little, well, yeah, well, little <laughs> yeah, a little hindrance. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so we've already talked about the teammates being with or without each other. Um, and so the next series is, um, has to do with um, joy of the phases. And so I'm just going to stop this share and share my graphics so that you can see. Um, okay, and we'll bring that up. Okay, so can you see a graphic Sect- there? Sect considerations? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have, I have a little chart here. 
And so some of the, the um, things that you want to test out, and so we'll test these out. I'll just list them off from her chart. Okay, so the sun is not in a masculine sign, too bad. Um, it is also not in a masculine quadrant. So from the fourth house cusp up to the ascendant is feminine. From the midheaven down to the seventh house cusp is feminine and the other two quadrants are masculine. So, you know, by phase, nah, not helped. Um, or not by phase, by quadrant, not helped. Um, latitude, I don't know how to read solar fire, um, but I put it in here in case folks have um, a, a program in which they can tell if plus on the latitude degree is north or if plus is south. Don't know. <laughs> I think it's north, but yeah, um, I couldn't find anywhere in Solar Fire where it defines those terms. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, and so we go through. Obviously, Jupiter would prefer to be masculine; it's feminine. Uh, Saturn would prefer to be masculine; it's feminine. Um, and you know, this one, if it's with a um, uh, night sect, which this is, then it would prefer to be feminine. Um, and it is. And so that does help. Um, the moon obviously is not happy. It's a fire sign. It's not feminine. Venus is very happy. She basically gets happy, 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 happy all the way across. <laughs> Um, and Mars is, even though it's a night sect chart, he is in his rulership. And mm -hmm. there is, throughout the ancient texts, a bit of controversy about Mars in a night chart, in the sense that, um, you know, obviously it would be happiest if it was in Scorpio and have its full strength in a night chart um, in the sign of Scorpio. <clears throat> and would be less, less of a pain in the butt. But unfortunately, I think the reason why there's controversy in the ancient text is he doesn't always act in a way that is useful, no mm. matter what sign he's in. He's, yeah. he's just a malefic and tends to be a pain in the butt. Um, and so if her Mars is not behaving properly, it will behave really badly because he's got a lot of dignity. He's in his own sign. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so you would go through this. So by phase, this is that piece where is it a is it a morning rising or is it an evening rising? And both of the night team are evening rising. And so we would give them positive bonus points here. And um, we would give uh, positive bonus points to Jupiter. It is a um, uh, morning star, but Saturn is an evening star. So it too would get another negative. So we've had quite a few negatives on this Saturn one. And I'll show everybody so they get a chance to download. This is that quadrant scenario. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you're quite well, but you have to go not with the whole sign, but with the actual angles yeah. to make that determination. 
Okay. And I also have like, this is an example, for instance, of it being a day sec chart with Saturn and Jupiter in the morning star phase. So, you know, this would be a very happy position. This though, would be they're not on the right side of the, um, you know, the daytime and their evening star. And so these would not be as happy in this particular example. Mm -hmm. And then in this example, this would be uh, a night sec chart with both of its teammates in evening star positions and very happy. If the moon was below with the sun, um, both uh, Venus uh, and or Mars and Venus are um, rising ahead of the sun. And so this would not be good, right? If the sun was, let's say, in the second house and these two planets were down here, that would be okay. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's the moon isn't as happy when it's with the sun below the horizon, because obviously on the other side of the world, this is daytime, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in a nocturnal chart, you do really want them to get most benefit it up here. Okay. Like monies. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> Actually, I mean, part of the reason why I've kind of walked down this road is because at first blush, my chart's really crappy, but if, yeah. I, if I go further into it, it just gets better and better. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So don't just stop at the basic dignities because you might despair, right? And you don't need to. Okay, so I've brought her chart back up again. Yes. Her chart's yep. there. Yep. Okay, good. Okay, so um, we've done the phase morning, evening. Okay, so the next thing we look at is speed. And <clears throat> so when, you know, this particular program will spit out. Um, the speeds. And it is true. Um, these three are moving as indicated fast. But I needed to check to see if Jupiter or Saturn, you know, just how slow were they going? Because it depends uh -huh. on where they are. How close they are to turning. Yeah, exactly. And so we do, we can see that um, Saturn um, will change back to direct when this girl hits 50, 49, right? 49 um, days. And so it, at that point, it's negative um, considerations will begin to actually improve. Like it won't be as difficult. So in other words, <laughs> you know, well. yeah, it's a, it's a while, but still, you know, it's good to know that, you know, in the later stages of life, it can be, you know, definitely more of a help than a hindrance. And as it turns out, it's actually not that slow. Mm -hmm. Now, the other piece that you can consider is it is a bit hidden, though. And this is an unusual condition that she gets into in her book, because I'm taking these, um, my cues from um, Demetra George's book, um, which is entitled Ancient Astrology in Theory and Practice. Um, and uh, so there is a place where from the opposition, 15 degrees on either side, um, Saturn actually sort of disappears and you can't see it out there. Um, 
and he's moving pretty fast at this point, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but that hidden piece means that the Achilles heel function is often not as obvious to the client as it mm -hmm. might otherwise be, right? Uh, whereas Jupiter, because it only recently turned and it turned uh, 14 days prior. So he is very slow. Very slow. Yeah, and will be retrograde for her entire life. And so <clears throat> in Virgo, in its fall, it's, uh, you know, understanding how important the details are in how you're being out there in the world is going to be incredibly more important than she may care <laughs> to want it to be. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, darn, darn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so the next piece we look at are aspects. And so we are only looking for a three degree orb. And so <clears throat> there aren't a lot on oh. this. Um, there's a three degree in conjunct, which um, so unfortunately, Mars really can't help that Jupiter, even though there is oh. a degree based thing because it's can't see it. Um, Venus can't really, it can by whole sign help that Jupiter, but not by a degree based, but Venus does help Mercury, mm -hmm. which is a huge bonus point. So in terms of, you know, sort of channeling Venus in Pisces, some aesthetic in it coming out through the Mercury function, yay, you know, this is, this is major bonus points. Um, but writing. say again, but for creative writing. Or oh, something. totally. Well, she was writing songs as we speak. And she mm -hmm. also, I think does choreography, like that sort mm -hmm. of thing is yeah. music and dance. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, this is so she's on the right track anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. But in terms of degree based aspect, that's it. Okay. So then we go to sign based. And sign-based, there's quite a bit happening. And a lot of it is focused on um, the Capricorn structure here. Uh, we've got, as Jill has pointed out, we've got, um, for instance, we've got an opposition from Mars to the MC. We've got uh, Mars is squaring that sun, so egging it on. Um, it's, uh, this would be casting a ray back is how this is called. So it's not as harmful as it might be, or in this case, as motivating as it might be. Um, because this is apparently not the malefic that's going to cause as much problem as that cancer. So you don't count the, the square or the sextile to the midheaven? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. That's a good question. They're within parameters in terms of moderate, so yes. Less than three. So, um, which one are you thinking of? So the MC, the IC would be ten, and so that's nine degrees. I'm talking about Moon sextiles in midheaven. And oh yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, good point. Um, we'll see. Because they are, I mean, they are actual yeah. aspects, not, yeah. Yes, no, exactly. There is the three degree there. You are yeah. correct. And also this conjunction, right? Although a conjunction in Hellenistic wasn't considered an aspect. 
Uh, it just makes the moon incredibly prominent in uh, the person's character right in some ways it it well it doesn't overcome the as the ascendant but it's it would show dominant yeah like yeah yeah yeah, totally totally Um, and of course then it pulls in this sign base square now this is on the 10th so Mm -hmm. If she can master this Jupiter, um, then, you know, that the tension there can actually be a good thing. But um, that kind of on the 10th tension is going to require being aware of it. In other words, the Sag side of her might go, oh, well, this is this is just perfect. And but the Jupiter, you know, is make it wants it to be even better. And well, especially with Sag uh, Virgo, because you've got the big picture versus the details. Exactly, exactly. So coming to some sort of um, resolution of that tension, yeah, will be a challenge, but it's probably one she needs to actually meet and master, you know, so that what she puts out there works as well as she wants it to. Right. Yeah. And by yeah. sign, Venus is squaring the moon. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That, that is not so much a debility. It could be considered helpful, but typically it isn't. Typically yeah. with the benefics, you just can really look at uh, sextiles and trines. With the malefics, you, can, you really only look at the oppositions and the squares. And so, of course, the the other piece that we're looking at here is that square from Mars to Saturn. And so we've already sort of established that Saturn is a bit blind, right? She's a bit blind to it. Um, The moon definitely can't see it. Um, Mars can totally see it, though. And Mars is very strong. That's um, the fifth house and the 11th house are the strongest positive houses in the chart. Um, after the ascendant um, and and so that Mars will push that Saturn um, and the sooner she sort of comes into sort of conscious awareness of how she structures due to her sensitivity which normally you wouldn't see at all right with moon and yeah. badge um, but it's there nonetheless right <laughs> you know it needs a, it needs the right boundary and you've got to be conscious of the right boundary and by sign, Mars is squaring the Capricorn planets. Exactly. Well. I see that one as um, more pushing the Capricorn to do wow. more than what it would probably want to do. Square to Saturn means it's getting <clears throat> a lot. Yeah, yeah. So that tension there, yeah, that is, you know, part of the work of this life, definitely. And you're driving with the brakes on. Yes, yes. That is a common analogy. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Okay. But she does have a superior trine from Venus to that Saturn. And because Mm -hmm. that Venus is exalted and on an angle in terms of fourth, 10th, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily on the angle with, you know, the MCIC, um, that's huge. So we've got this really badly placed Saturn, which is not of the sect in favor, but it isn't completely lost. Yay. (laughs) 
<laughs> because of that song-based drawing. Yes. You might inherit money at some point. I don't know. I actually do know part of her family. That maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Venus being a benefit. Yeah. Yes. In the fourth house. Yeah. And Saturn being the eighth house, which is you know. Yeah. That that is entirely true. From family because it's in cancer. I don't know. Yeah. No. 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 From a Hellenistic perspective, that is definitely a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the trine, I would think. Yes. And it's a superior trine. It doesn't get it. And her second house being busy. Yes. Ruled by that Saturn, ruling that Saturn, or Saturn ruling that, that house. That's, I mean, that's correct. a question that popped into my mind. A very good one. Okay. <clears throat> so our next consideration are bounds, decans, and triplicities. So I am going to actually try to pull that sheet up. I can do this. <clears throat> so I start here and I drop this down and I pull this up. Okay, so do we have, what do we have on the screen? We have a, uh, what do you call those? Spreadsheet, yes. Spreadsheet, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go down here to the bounds tech and then triplicity. yeah triplicity okay so do we get some help here do we get some hindrance um and so the sun is in the bounds of mars so mars we know is really happy in this chart and so able to um, definitely motivate the sun is strong in its own decan and it does play court to the moon um, and so in this particular way of looking at things, it is indicating that the sun will do its best business in her youth, like when yeah. she's young. Okay, so, uh, and the same with the moon. So the moon has Jupiter, Jupiter and itself. Um, and so this could be sort of like a wild card in her life mm -hmm. in the sense that you know, can she marry the detail with the big vision, uh -huh. right? Yeah, and I would almost say, yeah, this is like a wild card. Okay, yeah. so the Mercury um, can work with the Jupiter because um, and it because it's gets even more strength with it being in its own bounds. Um, it can acknowledge that it's part of the Moon's. You know, this is a night chart. Uh, I, I'm. I'm of mixed feeling about that Mercury, but it, it does get a sextile from Venus. So yeah, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay. Um, okay, Venus itself. It, this is interesting because Venus can um, understand the problems of Saturn um, in terms of triplicity. It knows it has to work with that Mars. Um, and so I, my suspicion is, is that uh, when Venus is front and center in, you know, either by annual perfection or solar return, that um, they can work as a team and it can be amazing, right? And you guys use progressions? Um, you can, you could. Yes, I didn't, but you could. Yeah, you definitely could. Progression, she might also. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, it would, by progression, she should eventually have a Venus-Mars conjunction in her mm -hmm. chart for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and she would obviously get the exact opposition to Jupiter, which would support that Jupiter. Mm -hmm. uh, Mercury or Mars itself um, is in the bounds of Mercury. Okay. So, and it's squaring that Mercury. So there's... Um, you know, she may not think as fast on her feet as she wants to at times because that Mars is pushing it. Um, uh, Mars, her, her emotions might get in the way. Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so mixed but powerful is how I put that one. Okay, so Jupiter does get support from itself. Um, and so that helps with the Jupiter functioning better in its fall. Uh, Venus will definitely help. And the moon is saying, yes, you need to get on board. Um, and look at this with Cancer, the Saturn Cancer. It's both in the bounds of Venus and the decan of Venus. Mm. This, when I saw this, I went, oh, hallelujah. Because otherwise, everything else with that Saturn was caca. But... Mm. You know, it does have that superior trine from Venus. Um, and then this just, you know, gave it that little push over the top. I still think, though, that it will do its best business as she gets older, right? As she becomes more aware, probably after her Saturn return. Oh, yeah. Well, Saturn, Saturn that's the case for a lot of people. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so our next piece is so now that we've especially Capricorns. Sorry. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> they do come into their own. Yeah. More so after their first Saturn return. Yeah, that is true. Okay, so uh, let me stop the share. Well, actually, I am gonna go to the well, the houses. Okay, so what what um what house has the most help? What house has the least help? So these are areas of life. And so the first house is how you present yourself. Um, it does have these squares from Venus and Jupiter, but Hellenistic don't really claim them as being of any help. Um, so the, the baseline here is the moon is angular, so it's good and active. Okay. Uh, second house has a lot of stuff, but one of the things that it has that is a bonus is the part of fortune. Um, wherever your part of fortune falls, it adds a plus tick to that area of life. Um, and so this is a help. Um, okay, it does, the second house have, it's looked on by both of the benefics. Um, it's challenged, um, you know, because it's not of the sect in favor, but it will eventually come out good. Um, the third house um, this would have to do with siblings and extended family and community, um, you know, those kinds of things. It is a sextile from the moon. So, you know, the, the sect light can see it. Um, good and active, uh, probably most active in early life. Uh, fourth house, okay, you know, wherever she hangs her hat, <laughs> it's probably going to be good. Um, uh, just because Venus is there. What's interesting about this, though, is that um, this Venus has had its moment where it wasn't happy, and that's when her parents split up. So, 
I'm not entirely sure, you know, I have not looked into why that is the case because otherwise this Venus just looks dazzling. What it does tell me is that obviously grandparents on either side of this equation think the world of her, <laughs> right? right. They, yeah, they probably just think she's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, okay. So I wonder she'd be always wanting to go somewhere else other than where she is home, at home. Well, what's interesting about it is she is she is on a grand rockabout right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. The forest, which is home. Yeah. And that would be nice, except that with the moon on the ascendant in yes. Sag. Yes. And Jupiter opposite Venus, it's like always getting pulled over a little bit over. Yeah. There. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and when I first met her, she was talking about going to Toronto for her career and has right. since changed gears, but she just recently, I don't know if she's still in the Near East, she was headed to the Philippines and that, I'm not sure, I haven't spoken to her in a couple of months, so, um, but she is, that Sag is definitely operative. As long as she's not in Turkey right now. Yes, exactly. Oh, God, don't, know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, okay, fifth house. Um, you know, obviously Mars is here. Mars is very happy. Um, what I would say with this Mars is that, you know, if she's not paying attention, injuries are possible mm -hmm. with that square between Mars and Saturn. Yeah. Especially with that moon and Sash. Yeah. Sending exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, if I understood more about fertility as it speaks in the chart, um, I'd be able to answer that question around children. I am not. Um, I'm kind of inclined to think that she's actually not really interested in children. And she has said that, but she's so young that, you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt because yeah. that can change. Yeah. But, Could be yeah. the career is more important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sixth house is very happy so she might get some injuries because of that mars saturn square but she will heal well venus sextiles it jupiter trines it yeah uh sixth house is in good shape seventh house um this has the moon opposition um and um i'm not sure why i put part of fortune helps here Oh, right, because the part of fortune is with the ruler, which is Mercury in oh. Capricorn in the second. Um, so this is, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, Sagittarian folks, and especially this strong a Sag, oh. um, you know, it's going to take somebody pretty specific <laughs> to fit the shoes, I think. Well, yeah, and, and the freedom thing, you know. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Sense me in, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you really can't count these squares. And oh. so it's the moon opposition that has to be satisfied here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, eighth house, definitely challenged, but we now know that Venus is mucho helping. Um, but, you know, I think it will only just get better with age and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the ninth house, the only real activity it gets is from uh, the trine from the moon. 
Um, and, you know, because she has Sag rising, keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> okay. It was Jupiter and Virgo, don't ignore the details. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very good point. Um, okay, so the 10th house. Um, I say in the end, it's a yes. Um, you know, there's the trine from the sun and Jupiter together, the moon squares it. So, um, you know, it has high hopes. Um, it does, it is seen by the uh, best malefic or best benefic, the Venus opposition. Uh, so I think in the end, she will have a degree of success in her chosen field. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, the 11th house. This one is, it is supported by Venus because it is Libra. But my suspicion is, is it will have mixed results. In other words, finding the right audience at the right time with the right music, which, you know, or dance or, you know, whatever else she gets into. Um, and I think that's true especially true in that type of profession where yeah especially with Saturn ruling her son and, and it's squaring the actual MC yes exactly yeah so. yeah so um you know mixed but good so there are going to be specific years when um the 11th house is up and operative um, and so we're going to hope for really good Venus aspects during those years, um, you know, and that Saturn isn't doing anything nasty to any other part of her chart, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I've put little green squares here because I am going to look at a year in which it, she is in an 11th house perfection, See, uh -huh. you know, because there's one of those coming up the same with the 12th. The 12th house is actually quite supportive of, um, you know, the two benefics and supported by Mars, because it's ruled by Mars. Um, and I suspect that if she takes time out to herself, which I uh, get the feeling that she does like to do, she does like spending time with herself, that that can be a very good thing. Yeah. Okay. So how am I doing for time? Ooh, I think I have 10 minutes already. Good. Okay, so let me stop this share. And so let's look at some years. Okay, we might only get to two of them. And I think we'll start with, okay, so she gets a 10th house perfection in 2025. And here, here is a case. So let me, I'll share screen again. Um, this is a person who we can actually do the right year at the right time <laughs> oh. because her birthday's in January. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you don't have to do this. Which year should I be doing for the solar return? And yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I'm very grateful to MM that she was born in January. Okay. So we have her chart on the left-hand side, the solar return for 2025, at which time she will be 21. And, um, and so this is a 10th house perfection. So it's a mercury ruled year and look at that. 
Mercury is right on the ascendant. And so we can anticipate that in terms of her career, that this will be a very important year, just right from the get-go. Supported by Venus and Saturn. Uh, yes. Um, so the Venus is okay. So we want um, for career things, we want Venus in a good position. And so this will be interesting because whenever in a solar return that a planet comes back to the same sign it was in, in the birth chart, that that makes that particular planet also very important. Mm-hmm. So this Venus, which is her yay planet, in 2025 is again back in Pisces. It is with that Saturn. So this could be one of those years where she has the right tune for the right audience. Yeah, and Venus is ruling the 10th house too. Exactly, exactly. Now the fly in the ointment here is that the the nodal axis. Um, So, you know, time will tell. The moon is with Jupiter. Okay, so Jupiter's in Virgo natally. The moon is very, you know, it's in Virgo as well. So it's supporting that moon. Um, There is this major square between Jupiter and the moon. Um, Mars is on the angle. It's, uh, you know, in Cancer with that Saturn. I see this as a very pivotal year. And so, you know, I'll let her know that I've done this episode with her chart. And, you know, so MM, I counsel you to, um, you know, depending on how you can orchestrate your life, right? Because there are influences that the chart does not speak to, like, you know, for, you know, 11,000 people who just instantly died in Turkey. Obviously, there weren't 11,000 charts that, you know, so there are things beyond our, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of things are beyond our, it's how we respond to them. Yeah, yeah. So if you have options, this is a year to make a mark in terms of your career. It's it just sort of shouts it. <laughs> well, interesting that Jupiter is opposite where the moon was, mm-hmm. and the moon is squaring its yes. natal. So. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. It is. Planets do that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's actually quite a lovely setup for this year. Um, yeah, okay, so. Mars is energizing the sun there too, is it? Yep, yes, um, an opposition. So this, that particular piece sort of brought to mind that um, uh, if she partners in a project, um that the mars person might understand the audience um and can add um you know specific ideas and nuances to what the audience wants with that mc and scorpio in the in the 11th house um ruling that yeah yeah but of course it's also going to tackle just how aware she is of that saturn right? Because Mars is in the natal eighth house with Saturn. And yeah. yeah. It's in its exaltation, isn't it? Mars? Mars is exalted in Capricorn. Oh, right. Yeah. 
It's yeah. in his fall. It's Jupiter that's exalted in Cancer. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's fallen. Um, but interesting that um, the MC is where the south node was. In yes, the exactly. In, um, in the original. And yeah. the eclipse that just happened in November. Um, I think I might have talked to her about the eclipse because it was obviously straddling her natal stuff. Um, but it was too soon, right? You know, you need to walk away from the actual day and see what the next six months produces to get a feel for how that's gonna. Yeah, she's got Uranus hanging around that north node all this time too. Yes, exactly. So I'll be curious to hear how her travels have gone. She was connecting up with a, a really good friend of hers to go traveling and she wasn't sure how well it was going to go so right. yeah i'll be interesting to get the feedback anyway i think we've probably used up all our time i'm down to three minutes on my betty crocker timer clock <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna go with that um okay i'm jill and i will talk off air um to see exactly what we want to do next week um, but in the meantime, folks, you have been listening to CJMP, a 90.1 FM, Cathet Regions Community Radio Station. And we will be with you again next Saturday. Bye, Jill. Bye.